Greetings to the inaugural episode of The Collective Diagnosis. Your panel today consists of myself, Mr. Combat Number 5. And, of course, your fellow host, Big Tuck. The reason we have been summoned is to discuss something Magic the Gathering related, funny enough, but with input from our community, not funny enough. You get this by joining our amazing Patreon. So if you guys haven't done it, patreon.com slash cmdtower, just a dollar a month, gets you in to the collective diagnosis. And every three months, we get together as panelists with our community to discuss a topic that you guys bring to us. So today, the community has brought us a great topic coming from the one and only Chuck the Slice. We are talking about treasures or treasures Treasures. if you like to talk normal. So, Big Tuck, what's just your overall impressions of treasures? Outside of one card, I love treasures. They are usually played in black and red, which are my favorite color pairing. And I think that they are a very, very fair way that the decks that don't have a lot of mana acceleration, excuse me, aka decks outside of green, can really catch up. Um, I think that they're a really interesting thing to go along with potential some other tokens that we're seeing more and more in the future. But overall, I've always been a big fan of treasures. I like seeing cards that do them, like cards that give them incidentally. And more importantly, I like cards that let you win with them. But Mr. Combo, yeah. what do you think? I love the mechanic. I think it treasures are not one of those mechanics that's color pie restrictive. Correct. And that's what I like about it. They didn't build it and it's like, oh, this was meant for Azorius. And now if we want to put it in a red deck or a red legendary, it feels off or it doesn't feel like the color. Like I know a lot of people have complained that green with card draw doesn't feel like that's what green should be doing. Sure. That's more of a blue mechanic. Um, so I, I think they did a great job making it feel color neutral. It seems like a very fair and balanced card. There's really... We'll talk about this a little bit more later when we hear from our community, but to me, there's nothing broken with treasures. There's very good and great cards, but I wouldn't say anything about treasures as a whole is busted, Um, which is very hard to say about Magic the Gathering mechanics. Yes, the the mechanic itself is very fair. There are, to your point, there are cards that are not fair built around it. Yep. Um, I love that it's an activated slash, if you're unfamiliar, tap perspective mm-hmm. to actually get the mana from the treasures because it is tap, sacrifice, add a mana. Um, that's very fair and balanced, unlike Absolutely. gold, which you could just do immediately because there's lots of things that, hey, your artifacts come in tapped or you can't activate abilities of artifacts. So it allows interaction from your opponents and... The last thought I have, and we might have a community member talk about this, it does seem like Wizards pigeonholed treasures into way many sets since it debuted. It's been printed on 108 cards in the last four years. Wow, really? Yep. Um, And to me, that's just, that's a little heavy. Sure. Believe it. Well, that's just our thoughts, but you guys are here to hear the collective's diagnosis. Our buddy Chris, what are your thoughts on treasures? I have to make a deck using any treasure-focused mechanic. I did add Old Nabo into a Tiamat deck, and that thing bangs out the treasures, especially when you have a Goldspan Dragon helping you get double the reward. Who doesn't like Lotus Petals added to damage and spells? The only thing better is that they would have made treasures so they didn't have to tap and sacrifice to get the mana, like gold. Those are my thoughts. Okay. Uh, well... From God uh, Chris, I don't know why you had to mask your voice like <laughs> you're uh, a serial killer, but that's okay. Um, 
Tuck, what are your thoughts? I mean, he made some really good points. Yeah, I think um, I think the Lotus Petal is a very apt analogy, which we'll get into. Um, and I do think that cards, I like cards that incentivize these sort of minor abilities, right? I think uh, I think it's really exciting when, as I've talked before, Wizards will print up a mechanic like energy and you never see it ever again, right? It's gone out into the ether. So seeing yep. cards like Old Nawbone um, and also Goldspan Dragon enabling this, right? And also playing into other archetypes is really really exciting and really really fun and it kind of goes to the point that i just made about the cards kind of having their stuff already sorry color neutral um old gnawbone green i get it green's like super overpowered but i love it whenever a creature deals combat damage to an opponent you get that many treasures and it's like that's super like that's what green is it's combat damage and we figured out a way to build in ramp or this other effect into it um and i think all of the colors i mean revel and riches is a great example of black doing it in a black fashion uh, mono white does it in a stacks fashion that is white. So I think they've been very true uh, to their thoughts. Now I don't know if I try to build treasures into every deck like Chris, uh, but you know, Miss uh, Big Tuck might relate more with the monarch mechanic there. I don't know. I don't know. They're good. Uh, the last thing I'll say here: uh, if you want to get the Appersand Old Nawbone, just a cool two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, uh, the interesting thing is now from our staff, we actually have Murphus thinking along those Lotus Petal lines. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you about Lotus Petal. Lotus Petal is a really powerful artifact that is effectively a treasure, and it's been busted in every format. I would argue it's really good in EDH. I would say it's very good in Legacy. It's been playable in every format that it's ever been in. And now we have cards that make infinite Lotus Petals. I'm thinking Smothering Tithe. I'm thinking of Doxite Extortionist. I'm even thinking of uh, whatever that black card from the AFR Precon was, right? Treasures in moderation are good. Treasures in uh, abundance are actively bad for the format. Unless they're explicitly in white and not as a taxing effect. That's my hot take. Take it or leave it. Well, that was an interesting take from Murphus. <laughs> Tuck, what'd you think? I think he points out my bit. I think he pointed out what I alluded to up front is like treasures are not inherently broken. There are cards that are broken with treasures, right? The Smothering Tides of the World, the Dockside, these are cards that are very strong and very abusable that Wizards just decided to poop out treasures out of it, right? So again, it's kind of like the like who's the fault like the the idiot who made the mechanic or the idiot who makes the cards that are busted with the mechanic so the lotus petal thing i think is a really apt analogy um i'm sure that's where they got the idea from but i i don't think treasures are busted i think dockside and smothering tithe are the busted cards so here's some interesting thoughts that i have um the smothering tithe thing i'm going to i'm going to put it out there on jones street Smothering Tithe is what made Treasures what they are today. Um, if that card had not been printed, I think Treasures would still be around. Yeah. We probably wouldn't be talking about them. I don't think Dockside would have been designed the way it was if they hadn't seen the success of Smothering Tithe. I think Dockside was a direct answer to say, oh, wow, we always hear about how Boros can't right. do it. Right, right, right. Let's do a red version. And like, yes, it could be a run in other colors, but now Boros players, you have Smothering Tithe and Dockside Extortionist. You can ramp. You can't tell us you can't ramp. So I actually think Smothering Tithe 
has influenced treasures and its growth quite a bit. But here's the interesting thing. You talked about how Smothering Tithe's annoying. Dockside, it's just like, you know, it's taxing effects or staxy effects. I don't think people, like, people need to check themselves with these cards. Smothering Tithe doesn't do crap unless you are abusing card draw. Right. Like, if I'm just getting a treasure per each of your turns, that's great. But there's other cards that do that with, like, tokens, like the Sapperling. I get a Sapperling on every single person's upkeep. <laughs> Um, so there are cards that do that already and you don't, you don't even have a choice. I just get it. So it's only really annoying for the people that are trying to get multiple cards drawn per turn. Um, and that is inherently going above curve or, you know, faster curve. Sure. And then Dockside literally only punishes opponents by giving the active player treasures because y'all ramped really quick with your artifacts and enchantments it allowed me to catch up so really where the feel bads come in for both of these cards it's not even those cards or the treasure mechanics it's because of the third mechanic or third card that gets brought into the fold wheel effects with smothering tithe dockside flicker effects it's the additional additional effect that actually makes these cards have feel bads it actually has nothing to do with the effect because if no one ever blinked Dockside, would you be that upset on one ETB? Get I get one, nine yeah. treasures. Yeah, yeah like no. I, my my only counter argument to that is the a creature token is one thing, free mana is an entirely different one, right? So I think that because Dockside or sorry, uh, Southern Time can give you three treasures a turn is way better than just three insects a turn. But again, to your point, and in conversations that we've had recently. If you have no cards in hand, guess what? Dockside is worthless, right? Guess yeah. what? Smothered Tithe is worthless. Monologue's Tax is worthless. So to your point, maybe the issue is they're, they're enabling other better cards to come out too fast. And that's something to think about when you're looking at the cards themselves. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, fantastic. Well, we heard from one of the people in the crew, but now we're, he we're hearing out to one of the legends, one of the guys out there, Duffman, who took a different view into this and he looked back into the day into the 90s as to why this mechanic might have come up well back in the 90s Urza Saga Block experimented with a bunch of cards like Cloud of Fairies or Peregrine Drake that were functionally free with ETB effects that untapped the mana that you had invested these cards are obviously great to the point they haven't really proven anything similar since and are very usable with blink effects well in recent sets Kaldheim D&D on Horizons 2, etc., we've seen a decent amount of cards that similarly give you a discount for casting them by producing treasures. Think Unexpected Windfall, Strike It Rich, etc., or producing treasures when you cast spells, Storm Kill Largess. These cards are very abusable and are likely being underrated, if anything, because unlike the Saga Block cards that did their thing once and you have to use the mana during the turn cycle to take advantage, these treasures can be saved for future turns or abuse of things like Crack Clan Ironworks, Improvised Effects, Revel and Riches, or cards that give you something when you sacrifice a permanent, Corvold, for example. So while maybe we haven't seen anything hyper-busted yet, treasures are extremely abusable, and the Collective should keep an eye out for cards that create or can to take advantage of them in future sets, because I think there's a good chance R&D will push the envelope a bit too far to the spiky EDH player's advantage, these effects continue to be a theme. Hmm. Well, uh, Duffman, I, th I think you might need a, to have a lozenge or two. Your, <laughs> your throat sounds a little, a little scratchy. Not a little scratchy in there. Um, so here's my thought on where Duff came from. 
I agreed. I agree on the push. I mean, you guys can just go to my opening notes. Hundred and cards, hundred and eight cards printed in yeah. the last four years. Um, that's a lot for what a lot of people I think thought was going to be a niche mechanic like food tokens. Yeah. Um, I doubt there's been 108 food cards printed in the last four <laughs> years. Um, so I do agree with that. I think it's an interesting take, though, Duff, around the ETB untapped lands as being less abusable than treasures, because I actually feel getting my lands untapped is better to use because I don't have to worry about any type of artifact stacks effect like I talked about that could eliminate the treasure use. But then the other thing with lands, I mean, how many times does someone do an overloaded Vandal Blast? And I've done that before on people with like 18 treasures and they're like, uh, I sack all 18, I let the mana dissipate. Yep. So I, I think that's an interesting take. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was interesting, you kind of talked about how it's a little under the radar I don't know if you guys are aware of this, at least from the EDH rec data, there's almost 10,000 decks just among the top five most popular treasure tribe commanders and total number of what they consider are treasure tribe commanders. There's over 16,000 decks made. Wow. Um, versus another mechanic, extra turns. There's only 1,500 combined decks that fall within that category. So I do think treasures is a uh, S-tier mechanic, and people are using it left, right, and center. I think, though, Duff, to your point, maybe it's just there. people aren't building treasure top-down decks like our right. boy Chris does. It's just they inherently have a bunch of treasure synergies, so they just kind of fall under that. But I still feel like it makes them a treasure deck. Nobody's forgetting that treasures are there. Do you feel that... I, so I feel if you're running a deck that has... If you're running a deck that has um, Great Whale or Peregrine Drake or Polyhedron, right? You're running that very specifically. Yes. You're running that because those cards are instrumental to you winning the game. The Animars of the world. The, Dead Eye Navigator. Yeah. Exactly, right? Whereas I feel like treasures are incidental, right? You may just run them because you're running Mono White, and I, this is the fastest way to ramp, right? I'm going to run monologue tax and yep. um and the other one like, i can't believe i forgot smothering tithe and so on and so forth so i like i think that i think that treasures outside of dockside are way less abusable than those sort of blink e effects to end the game again back to your point outside of revel and riches which can win you the game on the road these treasures are just catapulting you to the end game Whereas for your Peregrine Drinks of the World, those are the end game. Those are the cards that you need to draw and repeatedly abuse to get the mana to do what you want. So I I think that treasures are going to continue to be a thing. I agree with that. But I don't think they're near as scary as these sort of older bounce blink uh, untapping lands effects. Yeah. And the only other thing I would like to add to that, and because uh, Tuck, I think you made an interesting point where you feel like treasures are incidental. For the most part, they are. The only time it's a burst treasure is when you're doing additional effects to abuse it. Right. And once again, I have been a big proponent of don't shame card A because also cards B, C, and D make it busted. Like, that's mm -hmm. not that card's fault. It's the culmination, and that's what makes Magic the Gathering a beautiful card game and strategy game, is you don't just get Excalibur and I win. Right. It's, I got to get the hilt, and then I need this legendary blade, and now I need a way to forge them together. I need someone to actually do the blacksmithing for me. I got to assimilate this machine to propel me forward, and I think treasures 
are one of those effects that have a few outliers that um, can really do that machine. Definitely. Definitely. And Corvold, you can suck it. All right. So now we're going to move on to another long-term listener, our old pal, Matt Flute, who has a few things to think about the from the origin of where treasures actually came from. Mm. Treasures have come such a long way since the Ixalan block with all these pirates. Treasure support has gone from a few cards here and there, from set to set. But now I have a feeling we've been drowning in support, which isn't a bad thing and opens up the use of them to many different strategies from the jankiest to the most competitive. I'm definitely a fan of where the format has gone with the addition of treasures. Well, I think the only area I would kind of agree with Mad on is it's weird. We've we've talked a little bit about how the community feels like some cards are busted or broken. Sure. I actually think treasures is one of the few mechanics that are newer. I mean, yes, you could use examples for trample and haste and, and all that stuff. But new mechanics, treasure actually is the most balanced north to south. You have super high-end cards. You got a bunch of mid-level cards. And you got a bunch of low-end cards. You got something yeah. that kind of fits everyone's flavor profile. And I like that. Yeah, I agree. Not everything is a dock side. Not everything is a smothering tithe. I mean, uh, like I said, monologue tax. Very fair, right? Punishes people for playing a little bit more. I, let me ask you this, Mr. Combo. Are you excited or not excited that there's that there's going to be more treasure cards? They're going to keep coming out. They're going to keep getting different. Does that excite you or, or where do you stand on that looking forward? I'll say this. Uh, if it's every set, I'm going to get bored real quick. Just mm. like zombie tokens. Yeah. Bored as hell. <laughs> um, so if they end up going super overboard and just making treasure tokens the new zombie token, that's really going to be upsetting to me. Um because I think certain colors, white and red, should have downsides. <laughs> like, right. not every color should be able to do everything. And that's just a little bit of just, like, society in general nowadays. We all want everyone to be able to do everything with the same opportunity. And there's a lot of things in life that that applies to. But when you're talking strategy games, like, I'm sorry, because you chose to build a white-blue deck... It's not on me that you don't have a lot of ways to do X. Yeah. Or I'm sorry you played mono black and you only have one card in your format that could deal with enchantments. Like that's not my problem. That's right. your problem. It's all it's um, all it's so all choice. I, I just hope that through their design they stay true to what each of the colors want to do with treasures. Um like if they came out with a white blue stacks treasure card again, like an artifact, okay. That fits white and blue. That makes sense. But don't just give me a mono red treasure creator that's just, I don't know, like whenever you uh, play a mountain, you get a treasure. Get a treasure. Just, like, don't, yeah. get, don't give me some stupid ass mechanics with it. So uh, I'm worried that it is going to go there to what Duff talked about earlier. But yeah, what rains be seen. It's a popular it is a popular one. All right. Well, now we're going to hear from one of our more active community members in Cam of the Tree Folk Lord and some of his hot takes. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Tempting contract. Four colorless artifact from C21. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent may create a treasure token. For each opponent who does, you create a treasure token. The card is priced at around $1.32, and currently resides in 6,575 decks 
of the applicable 749,504 decks, representing about 1%. Tempting Contract is a tempting trap! This card relies entirely on your opponent's decision, making a simple quote-unquote no turns this card into a do-nothing waste of mana. You almost have to bank on your opponent's missing land drops for them to consider giving you as many treasures. Think about it. If all your opponents say no, then the entire table goes mana neutral, and you go minus one on cards. That doesn't even include the four mana you spent to cast it. Let's be honest. This game has plenty of... All right. Well, uh, looks like we may have lost uh, Cameron there at the end, but uh, Tempting Contract. Tuck, I agree with literally every single point he made. I love this card. Uh, I am here for it. Look at looking at you, Collective Voyage. Three colorless green. You might get one land out of it, but you could get a bunch. I feel like this is the exact same thing. You at least get an artifact out of it that you might be able to sacrifice or pump another thing that you already have in an artifact deck. Granted, I don't think this would be thrown in any deck willy-nilly like uh, the Collective Voyage or the Journey and Discovery is what I'm thinking of. But again, there's going to be people who want this ramp. Not everyone's going to be playing green. So take one. I'll just take... I'll, it's just a taste. It's just a taste. That's all I'm saying. This is the perfect Big Tuck political card, and I love it. So uh, you're wrong. Cameron's right. Um, I fully support that message. Uh, just the, the tuck is wrong. Cameron's right. Uh, not what I'm going to say next. Um, so yeah, this card is a do nothing waste of card because nobody is ever going to say, yeah, I'll take a treasure and give you a treasure. It just never happens. The only times it happens is when someone's desperate for the card. So this is another one of these cards that reads beautifully, but nobody ever takes it. Ever. ever. I don't know, man. It might, it might be even the new play group I got down here in North Carolina, but I have played this before, and it's it gets worked out. I get some treasures. Everyone else gets some treasures. What's wrong with it? People that are just filthy casuals will always take the treasure. Yeah, why wouldn't you? It's free, it mana. it's free mana. It's free mana. For four mana, you get, four, you get free mana for it. Hmm. All right, well, moving on to the last, the last uh, collective member to talk about this. We are going back to the source. The man who brought this up, number one in your heart, Chuck the Slice, had some interesting takes on what he thinks about treasures. Hey there, collective. Chuck the Slice here, and I want to tell you about three anti-treasure cards, and we're going with... Greasy, a slimy, and a Of course you would, Chuck! <laughs> From our greasy pick, we're talking about Viridian Revel. It's a one green green for an enchantment from Scars of Mirrodin, and it reads, Whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card. For my slimy pick, I've got an artifact from Mirrodin Besieged, and this is a four-mana artifact called Magnetic Mine. Magnetic Mine reads, whenever another artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, Magnetic Mine deals two damage to that artifact's controller. And lastly, for my sweaty sweat, pick, sweat. I have Corrosion. This is an enchantment from Visions for one black-red that has cumulative upkeep one. Ugh. And reads, during your upkeep, put a rust counter on each artifact target opponent controls. If the number of rust counters on an artifact exceeds that artifact's casting costs, bury the artifact. When Corrosion leaves play, remove all rust counters from the game. Now, admittedly, this card kind of sucks. For one, it's got the cumulative upkeep, and number two, it's not good against cards that make a lot of treasures. 
But if you got an opponent making treasures in drips and drabs, this puts them in kind of a tight spot where they're in a use it or lose it situation. So definitely can be annoying for your buddies and their treasures. Well, Chuck. Uh, here's what I have to say about that. Slam dunk, slam dunk, not so sure, but still like it. <laughs> and yes, good for you, you, Chuck. Great job. Uh, evidently, the man doesn't like treasures. So uh, Viridian, <laughs> I think Viridian Revel in the right play group is a draw like six for three at least. Uh, the magnetic mine is a little, the two damage could could hurt someone, but. It's not as good as drawing a card, in my opinion. And then corrosion is it's on the it's on the reserved list, so you get a piece of magic history for two fifty. So I, I am a big fan of Viridian Rebel. I think people should buy it now. The foil is twenty dollars. The normal is one dollar. Um, the man hates treasures, but he brought some great solutions to it. So I love all of these, uh, starting with Magnetic Mine. This is beautiful. It's colorless, guys, so you can mm -hmm. run it in any of your decks. So if you are in a play group that's you got people abusing treasures or just artifact shenanigans in general, throw a magnetic mine in your deck. Worst case scenario, it basically serves as a rest in peace, bajuka bog, any of these very specific use to hose a strategy that we all put in our decks, even if our deck doesn't want it. So Absolutely. I, I think that's amazing uh corrosion i am hot on you like that, that that's the one that you like oh it's amazing because <laughs> it makes them sack all of their art uh, all their treasures immediately sure because yeah, yeah they don't the, they the over their right. cmc yeah and so basically it's like trigger on the stack uh you you have to spend all of your treasures and mana right now so i absolutely love that because it also doesn't just hose treasures food tokens clues we've sure. seen those kind of research oh, yeah. out uh, mirror tokens there's lots of artifact creature tokens so i think corrosion is a banger but i do agree tuck viridian revel is probably the better one out of all these um i'm halfway contemplating putting viridian revel in any deck that i have vandal blast in green oh yes that seems real yes, good yes yes yeah that For, seems real uh, good eight, eight <laughs> mana maybe draw i don't know 30 cards <laughs> I love it. I think those are great, great picks. Although it's, do you do you also acknowledge the irony that he wanted to talk about this as a subject, and then he just had three cards that are completely the antithesis of what treasures are trying to do? But see, that's the beautiful thing about the diagnosis, guys. Sure. Is that you don't know. Are you going to hear from a community member that's like, "I hate this topic. Here's how to deal with that." Uh, you could deal with people that are old farts like Duff. Uh, that's like <laughs> back in my day. This is how it was done. Um, and then you got people that are like Chris that are just freaking obsessed with it. You'll have Cameron that's like, stay the hell away from this terrible, tempting contract. Um, I think this was a great gamut around treasures and how it kind of works. Well, guys, those were some very interesting points from our community. And remember, you could be a part of this dialogue by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash cmdtower. Literally, you can just sign up for the buck a month and you'll be entered into the collective diagnosis. And maybe you will be among the jury council. I don't know what would be called. Executive committee. Well, everyone, have a great night. See ya. Bye.